0: Hello and welcome to the CLB Forge podcast. This is a show to help equip you and your church for mission, ministry, and multiplying disciples. I'm Ryan Nilsen.
1: And I'm Mike Natal. Welcome to episode 16. We're happy to have you here. Um, So we have been, traver- I mean, we're only like one end, so. But we're going through this series uh, that we're kind of sticking in between having other guests on. And the series is called Church on Track. And last time that we had yeah. this series... This is, this is did- the
0: series in between the good episodes, right? Yeah. Is that...
1: No, these are the great episodes because oh, okay. it's All just right. you and me riffing. Yeah. We have to be on our best behavior when we have guests on.
0: Yeah, so that's now true. that it's just okay. the
1: two of us, uh, we can just be ourselves. Oh, good. Okay. I like that. Yeah, and I'm encouraged by that. Last time you talked about a bell curve and you asked me to read on the spot, which I was like, really, dude? With really small font? So... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, none of is, that today. I promise. Well, I
1: don't know. I still kind of want to chug a chug it into this episode because we're talking about you know this train motif. After we got off the recording, you yelled at me, and I was really upset about it. So remember how I was Not in true. like a, a thing of mourning. I got off, and I was feeling really encouraged and happy after you shared that bell curve of life with us. And then we got off the phone, and you immediately chastised me without other people hearing <laughs> it now do you I've think anyone's going
0: to believe you do you think actually they might they might i've
1: been seeing a counselor <laughs> since then <laughs> which is great because Good. literally there was well, maybe five minutes in between uh <laughs> no so it's great i'm in, i'm encouraged by this and ryan i'm really encouraged that you're willing to share your knowledge with us of these things that really the lord has put on your heart in order to share so i'm going to pass it over to you and say get us back on track ryan and uh talk to us about a church on track
0: yeah you bet you know before we get into the actual content here i was thinking last time we did one of these you had a penn state uh sweatshirt on right yeah which is because you like the football
1: i love the football i mean i like the university too because obviously it's the best university anyone could pay money to go to
0: yeah and i was thinking wow okay did I accidentally say yes? I agree with you on that. No, you, that wasn't an accident. That's literally it.
1: I mean, I've literally heard someone say, "If God wasn't a Penn State fan, why would He make the sky blue and white, which are the exact colors of Penn State? So God must be a Penn State fan." Just saying.
0: There it is. Wow, I, I bet we just had. Uh, they will have now uh, taken somebody, off. Somebody, you just made someone unsubscribe yeah, it's from bad. our show. It's bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to they're going to come for our ordination certificates too. So I but I did have a thought about that. Like I don't like clothes shopping. I wonder if we can invite churches to send us uh like their church Ooh, t-shirts, that's or a good polos idea. and then we'll right? just
1: we'll sport them during the episodes.
0: Bro. We'll wear them. Then I don't have to shop for new Bro, clothes. This is so it should be cool. So like
1: in the last episode you gave a plug to The Canadian Lutheran Brethren Church in hopes that they would be like, Oh, Ryan, come back and visit us. We want you. And now you're making another plug to say, I don't want to go out and buy my own clothes. So, churches, send us clothes so that we can rep your church on our podcast. I cannot wait to see I gotta learn to be more what is on our what what you have in store for us on our next episode. Who knows what we'll be asking for next?
0: Who knows? Who knows? But I won't make you read on this one. Yeah.
1: Okay, let's see. Church on track, chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga-choo-choo-choo. These are the derailing factors that you might come into. There's seven of them. I almost have them memorized. Well, you don't have to. You're going to read them all for us?
0: I'll recap them. I'll recap them. Okay. We're on this series about keeping your church on track, and we're looking at some derailing factors. We're going to look at some positive things you can do later on down the road. We're going to talk about the problems that can occur sometimes when we don't even know there's seven areas we're going to look at. Last time we looked at uh, life stage, the life stage of your church. Today, we're going to talk about forgetting the functions of the church. We'll come back to what that is. And then the others that we'll explore down the road, size dynamics, the size of your church, understanding how that impacts your ministry. Success can actually lead to problems, anxiety, uh, mission drift, getting away from your mission, and uh, seven breakdown areas. So we'll be kind of getting into those. Uh, but today we're talking about forgetting the functions of the church. Let's talk a little bit about that. There are different ways to look at the purpose of the church. What are the things that the church should be doing? And so I came across this uh, this model, just a way of thinking about the church from uh, a guy named Gary McIntosh. And he wrote a great book called Staff Your Church for Growth. And it's a book about if you're looking to hire staff, What are some of the things you should be thinking about? What kind of staff people do you need? What do you want to have them doing? And how does it impact the future health and growth of your church? So this is an oldie, but man, it's a goodie. And Gary McIntosh, I just encourage anybody to to check out his stuff. He's gotten some great ones. Some of his best ones that I really like are staff your church for growth, taking your church to the next level which helps deal with uh, growth barriers. Sometimes churches get stuck at a certain size where you expect to grow, but there are these invisible barriers that get in your way that seem to prevent you and you can't quite figure out what that is. And then I've actually got post-it notes all over it because I read it so much. There's hope for your church, which is about if your church needs to revitalize. It's just a kind of a how-to manual. So just really good resources and Gary McIntosh is great. I have a friend who's a pastor. He read one of these books. And in here, uh, McIntosh has got like a number you can call if you want to reach out to his ministry. So he calls and leaves a message or something. And Gary McIntosh actually called the guy back and talked to him for like an hour and a half. So that I thought is that cool. was so cool. Didn't charge him, didn't make him, you know, pay for it. I just love it when people are kingdom-minded like that and are yeah. helping each other out. So anyway, in this book about staffing, he actually talks about these six functions that every church has or should have, that all lead towards the church carrying out its mission and accomplishing its ministry objectives. And a great way to look at it is, like: what are the things that a church begins to do if you're starting a church, if you're a church planter? You kind of start doing these things in succession. So the first one here, finding people. So that's one of the six functions of the church, finding people. We call that evangelism, but reaching out And helping make new disciples, new followers of Jesus, connected with new people. That's a key function of every church. But a church plant, they do that a lot because there's no one there. They're going to grow. If they're going to be a church, they have to find more people. That's an important function of the church. It's part of the Great Commission. Go into all the world, make disciples of all nations. The next one is keeping people. And we often refer to that as assimilation. And so that's helping people connect into your church To become a part of it, it's taking someone from being a first-time guest to becoming a connected, involved member and participant, maybe even a leader in the church. So that process is called assimilation. And that's something every church needs to do. In Ephesians 4, Paul says that the the leaders of the church are to equip people for ministry. And so assimilation is a key part of that equipping that's going on. Then uh, the third thing here is Gathering people, and that's what we call worship. So, if you're starting out a church, you want to find people. You're going to keep them, but you also have to gather them together for worship. And you know, in our Lutheran circles, we you know we really place high value and emphasis on the the gathering for worship, and gathering around word and sacrament. So, this is something that we that we resonate with in a, in a church, a, in a new church, worship gathering people for worship is is done in a way that helps people to participate mm. in the worship. And so, the the music, the type of ritual that's experienced is, is done in a way that helps uh, cross cultural barriers to communicate the gospel in an effective way through those worship services. All right. Then, number four, educate people, teaching. We often call that, you know, so that's our uh you know small groups and uh sermons uh Bible studies a lot of our ministries provide a lot of mm. teaching so that 's kind of a obvious one for many of us and then look make sure you get the right order oversee people or lead people that 's leadership you know church has got to have some direction and guidance and there are all kinds of decisions you have to make and so that oversight you know the word for elder one of the words for elder in the New Testament is overseer um and so, uh, pastors and elders, which are essentially the same same office, those terms are used interchangeably in the New Testament. They are the overseers; they are providing guidance and leadership to the church. And then, lastly, caring for people. People go through difficult things. We know in in this pandemic, man, yeah. people need all kinds of care. Very true. Uh, this yeah. a lot of people are hurting, right? And and it's harder to care for people in this time. But this these are you know being with walking with people in times of crisis caring for people when there's a death, people are losing their jobs, people are hungry, uh, homeless, jobless. So you can kind of categorize the the biblical purposes of the church into these six boxes. Now, there's other ways to do it. This is not the best way or the only way. It's just one way. Is there anything else you notice about this picture? Can you describe this picture to sure, our it listeners? it looks like a teeter-totter. Like, that...
1: like one of those things where the kids yeah, would play okay. on a playground where one would sit on one side, one would sit on the other side and one would jump and then the other one would then sp- use their feet to spring and then and they would switch back and forth. They would go back and forth.
0: Yeah. So kind of all out in this big rectangle, yeah. right? Um, on one si- and then there's a fulcrum, there's a triangle mm-hmm. at the center, right? There's a fulcrum point where it can balance or tip either way. So on one side, you have find people, keep people, gather people. Evangelism, assimilation, worship. On the other side, you have... Educate people, oversee people, care for people on the other side of that fulcrum balancing point, okay, so in a new church, there is an emphasis on evangelism, assimilation, and worship, and when a church puts a lot of energy into those areas it it tends to promote growth, so you can see the the teeter totters tipped upward, like the direction is. Positive. There's growth, so when you put energy into finding people, keeping people, and gathering people in a way that communicates the gospel to them in an effective way, it it can help lead towards towards growth, vibrancy, and health and strength. And that's often what a a new church will will invest in. However, priorities of churches in later years tend to lead to decline. So churches, as they age, tend to put less and less energy into finding people, keeping people, gathering people, evangelism, assimilation, worship. And they tend to put more energy into educating people, overseeing people, mm. and caring for people. And they begin to neglect worship, evangelism, and assimilation. And so those last three, they're all, all six of these are critical, important biblical purposes and functions of the church. But if we neglect those first three, it can lead towards, towards death and decline. So forgetting sometimes we get into trouble forgetting some of those functions mike i mean what what are some of the f- the functions you see that are, are easy for churches to to miss out on doing or to choose not to do or to feel man i can't we can't do those kinds of things any of those stand out like what what are the ones you think we most often forget
1: i mean i think um one of them is just encouraging people to feel like they have the ability to do it So I think that very first one, like with evangelism, like people, they hear that word, but I think they get scared by that word because they don't know exactly what that means. And so a lot of times if you can encourage people that evangelism is the way that you share your faith, the way that your faith naturally manifests itself out onto other people and then using that as the opportunity. And so um, one of the things uh, that's really important is allowing is to give people the empowerment to share their testimony with others. That's a, that's a great way of evangelism. And I think that's one of the ones where people um, they hear that word, but they, they don't um, put the practicality to it. So they're kind of like, well, what what does that look like? Does that mean I'm going door to door? sharing the gospel with people that I've never met. It, it could, it could, it could mean that, but more often than not, uh, it, it is allowing Christ's light to shine through you onto the people that you already interact with in a way that people are encouraged by and that they see for themselves. And so I think like there is an ability, uh, to, to be hung up on that. I think, I, I think if we went through, each one of those six boxes, you would see both a positive and a negative to going too heavy into one or even going as far as to say, like, overthinking how to do something and kind of like paralyzing yourself, giving yourself like a form of anxiety. Like, OK, well, we get. We, yeah. Man, so I, I think that I think that there's an aspect yeah, to all yeah. of that and just making sure that we are we're trying to keep things even. So that it it levels off uh, is something that's very very important, but very difficult too. Like I'll I'll be honest, it's difficult to do that, especially as we're going through it. So,
0: just on that that evangelism, and we're going to do future episodes specifically around the topic mm-hmm. of evangelism. I do think that word just yeah, scares true. people, and people immediately say, "Oh, I'm not qualified to do anything here in this area," mm-hmm. and that's not true. There's all kinds of opportunities that we have to make a difference in that area. And like one, um, one of the guys who does just a great job talking about this is a, a, a writer named Michael Frost. And he talks about how, you know, in the Bible, in the New Testament, we see that there are evangelists, right? That's one of the leadership roles that we see in the New Testament, in Ephesians 4. So there are evangelists. But in addition to that, we are all called, we're not all called to be evangelists, right? Just some of us are but we're but all the rest of us are called to be evangelistic believers. That's important. And and those yeah, and those are people who lead um and I think one of the ways he talks about it is spiritually curious lives. Where we're open about our spirituality and we're willing to have spiritual conversations with people where we we have we have friends and relationships yeah. with people that yeah. aren't Christians. And have chances to yeah. dialogue, to listen and to learn from people who are we wouldn't necessarily consider them to be uh, followers of Yeah, one of the of things Christ. that
1: really uh, impacted and, me while I was going through seminary, uh, I had a conversation with Joel Norfed, and he, he shared mm-hmm. this this idea with me. And he said, you know, when we look at evangelism as getting people from point A to point B, it can be overwhelming. When we look at it from like, okay, evangelism is
0: yeah. talking yeah, to a person
1: and then I can't stop doing what I'm doing until I bring them to faith. Point A to point B. And people are like, "Uh, I don't even know how to do that. Like my brain now hurts because I'm so concerned. I'm so worried. I'm paralyzed. I'm anxious, overwhelmed. I'm an introvert, and I don't even know how to talk to people. I don't know how that works. When in fact, if we viewed evangelism more as a trajectory of of purpose. And then you looked at being just kind of like a notch that brings the person to the next point in the trajectory of point B, as opposed to literally being the sole person who brings them from A to B. And then you're like, nope, I'm going to share. I'm going to trust that the Lord is going to continue to move this person in direction. And I am just going to be the next notch in that trajectory. And I think that that takes a fair amount of the stress and worry of do I have the time yeah. to do this? Do I have the energy to do this? Do I have, you know, and, and all of those kind of go away. If you start to realize you're just called to do what you feel like you're supposed to do, don't be worried about bringing them from point A to point B, just be a notch in that trajectory that gets them, which was great. Yeah, and that's yeah. something that that's really with me for I a mean, long time. So
0: Getting to know your neighbors. so a lot of people in, in the church, the longer someone is a believer, the more they tend to uh, re-socialize so that all of their relationships are with, mm. with other Christians, and they lose contact with anyone who is not a part of their church mm-hmm. family. And so just getting to know your neighbor and establishing friendships with people, not with the purpose of like, just, I'm going to get yeah. you into the church, or I'm going to get something out of you, just to be yeah. a friend. And not get hung up on, like, oh, I got to make you a Christian, or that's the only reason I'm exactly. interested in you as a person.
1: And people can see that, too. You know, it's Pe- not like, about that. Yeah. yeah. Like, the genuineness, oh, yeah. uh, I think, is what people are really looking for, and they can see if you're being genuine or not, which is really important.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, one other thing mm-hmm. I want to say about this, Mike, I, just thanks so yeah. much for what you shared. When I spend time with churches that feel like, man, maybe we're mm-hmm. stuck, or... We we are definitely in some kind of plateau, or man, we we're declining. When I ask them to rate themselves on how they do, they tend they tend to do really well at teaching. They have solid mm-hmm. biblical teaching. They have a good Sunday school crew of teachers or Bible studies. They tend to do pretty well at at they have you know faithful, godly elders, and you know strong, mature leaders. They often do a really good job caring for people. So so in a struggling church, one of the first positive things I usually hear is, it's such a welcoming church. So people feel so cared for and loved there. But in the churches that are struggling, they do well in those areas, but they often recognize, you know, even just in a 20-minute exercise, they recognize, yeah, we don't, mm-hmm. we we aren't finding new people. We aren't doing the work of evangelistic believers. We aren't. Helping people connect. Like, if there aren't signs, you know, in your in your foyer uh, to tell people where is the sanctuary, where is the bathroom. Uh, if people don't know what to expect, you know, from your worship service on your church website. If the way you worship, uh, c- could a new uh, a non could a non a non Christian first time attendee understand what's happening in your worship services? All kinds of, and how do you get connected? how do you become an integral part of the church if those steps aren't clear there are all kinds of things we do to make it difficult for people to connect into mm-hmm. the church so there's all kinds of great opportunities to change that and and a lot of these things they cost almost nothing and they're they're about behavioral changes and attitude changes and we can all do those it's 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 uh, very possible and exciting and even worship people will often in, in a struggling church they they will say the worship is very good, that they very much like it, but often the, the style of worship is, uh, is very disconnected from the type of music. Let's even just talk about music. The surrounding community understands and, and, and likes and resonates with. So the, the style of worship, the expressions of worship, which change throughout the centuries and wherever you go around the globe, Sometimes churches will get stuck here and they'll do worship really well but they'll do it in a way that doesn't uh cross the cultural barriers that they need to cross to communicate the gospel effectively. And it doesn't mean throwing out hymn lyrics, but it, it may mean changing the tempo, the maybe maybe the the order of worship, the the style of music, some of the the ways in which you conduct your services to make them more participatory, and to make help them communicate the gospel in a way that your neighbors in your community can mm. relate to. So, so there we go. There's our uh, functions of nice. the church. And man, this can be so discouraging and, and overwhelming. And and when when I do this exercise with people with churches, I invite them to just like, what's one thing? that you could make a little bit of a shift in, you know, what's just think about one step you could take to move in a a more positive direction.
1: You know, Ryan, I'm really glad that you brought that up too, because there can be the uh, sense of being overwhelmed with this aspect, or even the bell curve that we talked about the last time that we were here. And realistically remembering, here's another thing too, that I heard from another person, change Within a church, like if you're looking at this teeter totter thing, and you're like, "We need to change this and this and this and this and this." Realizing that change, not just within a church, but in general, we need to look at our our ability to change needs to be like turning a barge, all right? Which is just a big boat. So now we got this train thing going, yeah. chugga chugga, and now we got this big okay. barge thing. Ba-da. And you get the. Be-da. Yeah, the train on the barge. And so if you're thinking about it, you're like, okay, I need to turn this barge around. If you yank the wheel as hard as you can in order to turn the barge around, you're gonna capsize it. There's there's no there's no way around it. However, if you want to make the change, the best way to make the turn is in incremental changes, which is better for us as humans if we're trying to change things like. Instantly, I I I uh, I want to make this change. Therefore, I'm going to do X Y Z. If it's not incremental, you are more likely. And I'm not saying that it'll happen all the time because it, it might not. You might need an incremental or uh, uh, an an immediate change, and it could just happen. But usually, the stuff that people stick with, habits wise are the things that we do incrementally, not things that we try to abruptly change in our lives. And so the same goes with this, uh, this the teeter-totter that you shared with us today. If you're going to yeah. try to change it, and you're, you go in the next day and you're like, Pastor, I heard this amazing podcast by these two really good-looking guys, and we need to change this, 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 and this, and this. That is going to be <laughs> totally overwhelming yeah. in every way. But if you think about small incremental ways, and I would encourage you first and foremost, pray about it. Okay. Like if you're, if you're seeing something that needs to be changed, first pray about it and then take incremental steps in that direction. Don't go in and say, here's the change that needs to happen. Let's do it. But think about incremental ways to do it. And I think that everyone will benefit from that, which is really good to hear. Would you agree, Ryan?
0: Yeah, absolutely great words of wisdom for us to to end on. Um yeah, I mean, you really can have a a strategy for each of these areas for making changes yeah. in each of these areas. And you can start with minor shifts mm-hmm. tomorrow. But probably if you want to make major major changes, turning that barge, yeah. that's going to take years. So so as I've done these things yeah. as a pastor, you can't you can't feel like you've accomplished something in a mm-hmm. month or two. But if you've been working in this, you know, make trying things, making mistakes, failing, getting some things right, improving it. Usually I think like three, four years later, you can start to see, wow, we have really turned the corner in this area and people are starting to get excited about what's happening. To
1: kind of relate it to a train too. So here's something, and I don't know, maybe I'm totally wrong with this. I don't, I don't really know about trains. I don't think I've ever seen a train able to turn 90 degrees or more when you think about it like there's no track that literally turns 90 degrees correct or more
0: uh well there is a turntable right
1: so there is a turntable but in terms of like how you're going to turn but like even with a turntable the train needs to be within the turntable to turn yeah it can't be like yeah. oh we're going to turn half yeah. the train right it's it's got to be on the <laughs> track right. and so when you look about when you look at it even a train a train track in order to direct the train needs incremental degree changes in order to turn. It's not a
0: Yeah. Hmm. Going uphill. Yeah. Going uphill mm-hmm. needs to be very gradual. Turning a very corner gradual. needs to be very gradual. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Man, we Dude, could really work this analogy just wait. even more. It's
1: gonna get better.
0: Um and you know, and revitalizing a church, if your church is in, in decline mm-hmm. or plateau and it's been that way for a while, it's this is not it's not an overnight fix. You you need to be ready for a decade yeah. of ministry, you know, to change the direction yeah. of an entire church. Yeah. So, and it's great work. It's exciting and rewarding. It's difficult, but that's why we're here. And that we want to encourage you to to engage in that work and know that you're not alone. I'm not talking to you, Mike. I'm talking to our oh, dude, listeners. I
1: told, I'm, yeah, I'm totally there. I want people to know, like, I, I'm totally there with you. And if you need somebody to to encourage you because we're in the same exact spot, give me a call. I'd love to talk to you about it. I'd love to encourage you. I mean, we're all in this together and I'm not saying like our absolutely. My church is any better than anybody else's church. We're struggling with this stuff too. I mean, like I'm convicted by a lot of this stuff that's being shared, but what is important is the longevity, you know, and making sure that you're doing those incremental changes as opposed to trying to just, you know, yank the wheel as hard as you can in a certain direction.
0: Yeah. Good words
1: totally all right ryan uh i'm gonna bring up the outro on my phone if you want to go through those books again i i uh i think people will really find encouragement with those books
0: absolutely mike thank you today we have a special on these books if uh you have a special opportunity to go buy them yourself and find them (laughs) on your own and the books are uh these are books by gary mcintosh you mentioned staff your church for growth uh an oldie but a goodie for your by the way that's not the uh, subtitle an oldie but a goodie it's, it's still really good stuff though. Sapphire church for growth. There's hope for your church and taking your church to the next level. Some, just some great resources. So maybe that'll speak to something that you're wrestling with.
1: Solid. Ryan, yeah. thanks for sharing your passion. Once again with us, I look forward to the next episode, uh, where you're going to share a little bit more with us, uh, to the listener. You guys are awesome. We're appreciative for mm-hmm. you for tuning in and, uh, we would love to hear from you to cover topics that you're looking for input or encouragement for. So please reach out to Ryan and I, if you know, either of us, send us a text message and email in private, or if you don't know us, we would love to get to know you. You can email us at a uh, podcast at clbforge.com org and we'd love to hear from you guys for your input uh don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that when it gets dropped you get a notification so that you can listen to us again and we'd also be super encouraged if you would share this podcast uh with a friend or a colleague that's all we got for you today tune in next week see you guys
0: later